Our Father in heaven, look upon us. We beseech thee in thy infinite love and compassion. Dwell thou in us, that being molded by thy good spirit, we may have fellowship with thee as thy children. Help us at all times to trust thee. Help us at all times to trust thee. Appoint for us what thy will is and make us ready to receive with thankfulness whatsoever seemeth good to thee concerning us. Go with us in every mission on which thou art pleased to send us and in thy service may we find rest. Lighten our darkness, lighten our darkness. We entreat thee that we may behold thy face and thy tender mercies. Do thy temper the storm, lest our weak faith fail. Ah, I had to read that again. Do thy temper the storm, lest our weak faith fail. Forgive our sins and day by day deliver us from their power. We commit all our loved ones to thy keeping. Do thy watch over them and bless them. And as thou givest a taste of thy joy in loving our friends, lead us into the fullness of the joy of loving all whom thou lovest through Jesus Christ our Lord. And now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be those things you would have me to say in Jesus' name. Now, we're getting ready to, to praise. I don't know about the rest of you, but I've been rejoicing in God.
But they went on and on and on because the spirit got so high. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. They know, they know how to worship and how to praise God. All that cute stuff out the window. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, to title this. So I just said the house of the Lord. <laughs> okay, and I'm going to be going to a whole lot of scriptures. It's more of what the word is going to be, be saying. So let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 first and then work our way. And um, I'm going to tell you the motivation for this, the um, the key verse that I'm using to, su to support the purpose of this message is verse 28, but we're going to go back to uh, 12 and, and go up to 28. But the key verse is verse 28, and God have set some in the church, which means he has appointed positions in the church, okay? First, apostles. Those are the ones who go and locate buildings and locations for the body of Christ to worship in. Secondarily, prophets. Those are the ones who have been appointed to hear from heaven to give direction as to how we're to handle ourselves in the temple. Thirdly, teachers. Those are the ones who come with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're supposed to teach us, that equips us to be the believers we confess to believe. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So what do that tell you? That you're to come into the temple, the body of Christ, into his habitat place with an expectation Amen. Amen. you don't show up out of duty 
You don't come just because. You need to be coming because you have a greater expectation. Amen. That's why it is mandatory to come to the house of the Lord to receive. Amen. Okay, help me, Holy Ghost. Let's, let's go to verse 12 of that chapter. For as the body is one and have many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, for also is Christ. So what do you see? You see the head, which is Christ. And we are all of the parts of his body that he has assigned to do work that will bring us in to the fullness of Christ, bring us into the perfection of him, and to uh, also cause miracles and signs and wonders to happen. Help me, Holy Ghost. Okay. Verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's why our faith uh, vision is one baptism, one Christ, one spirit, one Holy Spirit. We believe in all the one, the one faith. All right. He says, whether we are be Jews or Gentiles, and the, the Gentiles were those who uh, uh, were not born again, but had the opportunity to become born again. And so they were considered like as slaves to Satan. Okay, you know, we talked about that, what, whatever day that was. Okay, <laughs> it says, whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So this is how God divides up the race. There's only one race. It's called human. I was sharing with LaCrystal the things that my father was teaching me when I was a teenager that is now a mainstream conversation. And he used to tell me all the time, and he was a radical person, but he would say, there's only one race, and that's the human race, when I was in my teens, okay? So with God, you're either in covenant with him or you're not. So you're either a Jew or a Gentile. If you in covenant, you're a Jew. If you're not in a covenant relationship with him, you are a Gentile. We inherited the covenant. You're either bond or free. So what are you today? Thank you. <laughs> We're no longer bound and in bondage. We have been made free. But if you don't believe it in your heart, you can't achieve it. It doesn't become a reality till we believe it in our hearts. And we have been all made to drink into one spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. For the body is not one member, but many, many members. For if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? In other words, it takes all of the parts to function. And without it, something is being eliminated. Okay? But now have God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it had pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? It says, would the body be? Another way of saying that. Now, but now are there many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seems to be more feeble or weak are necessary. So whether they are weak or not, they are necessary to the body because they have a purpose. 
and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts or unpresentable parts have more abundant comeliness or modesty. For our modesty or comely parts have no need, but God have tempered or composed the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lack. In other words, in order for us to be complete and whole, we have to all come together as one and feed each other as the need comes up. So when I'm up and everything is fine, but you're down, I'm here to minister and vice versa. And we can't do that if we don't come together. If we don't come together in fellowship, you don't know what's going on one with the other. Hallelujah, Jesus. And Jesus says that when two or three come together, like as touching, that means you are unified together in the spirit. I'm in the midst. He is in the midst of us as unity coming together. He cannot be in the middle of people divided geographically and never coming together okay he says um where did i leave off it 25 that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another so that means there should be no division in the body no division take your personal opinions given with God. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it because we are whole, one whole. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Amen? Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God have set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And I'm, I'm going stop, stop right, to stop right there. Um, now, when it talks about uh, the, the gifts of miracles and healings and tongues, those are sign gifts, S-I-G-N, sign gifts, gifts of signs, all right? which are to follow the word. It should be demonstrated of God's power and spirit. Hold your place there and let's go over to uh, chapter 2 of, of this same book. It's verses um, uh, 4 and 5. Okay, and it says, And my speech, this is Paul talking, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, persuasive words of man's wisdom. Do you hear what he said? So you, all your great speaking and, and your charisma and, 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 and all your little limited intellectual information is not what you're supposed to be speaking about. It's supposed to be God's word and not your opinion. Okay. He says, and let me start again. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, Paul could have been a man of many words speaking stuff because he was highly educated. Okay. But he was saying, all that I know is dung compared to what I know in Christ. So those words cannot profit you anything. Okay, he says, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. When God's word goes forth, there is power that can follow afterwards. And that's when you see the gifts of signs, where there's healing, where there's healing and, 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 and then the tongues come forth. All of those things, the, the healing and the tongues and, and, and the power of God's demonstrated is, is, is not where your faith hangs in on, which is where people go. 
but is in the word. And because you believe the word and it's in your spirit and you trust the word, now the demonstration of the healing and the power and the tongue will just flow. It's not flowing because you don't believe. You don't believe the word. You want to see the demonstration first and then you will embrace the word. He says, believe my word. And when you believe my word, it will follow. It can't help but to follow. Because signs and wonders and miracles are for the unbelievers and they're to follow believers. Because we believe what we've heard and received, we go out and manifest what we believe and trust in for the unbelievers to see there is a God. Now, okay, we go back to that chapter. The gifts are to promote unity, and they're not to be for pride and puffed up feelings. For the matter of just figuring out, they're not for the matter of just figuring out what one is good, good for or for the satisfaction of you serving God. We got it all wrong. That's why there's no power in the church. And, and, and God is waiting for the church to do the transformation and the change that the whole world is going to see about what's going on in the world. He's waiting for the church to rise up, to rise up. So your gifting and your ability is not for you to be puffed up and all prideful and to demonstrate so, you, so people can see you've been called to do this and that or to make you feel good about the call that is on your life. It is to bring unity. It brings unity because you're doing it for the right reason and people are being edified, educated, Promoted in the spirit realm. Selfishness and pride brings division, offense, and separatism. Amen. When we are all prideful and huffed up because there's a call on our life and we recognize it, you, we, do not, we do not promote the gospel. There's nothing good happening. There's no change and there's no power. And that's what's missing. We are to stand for Christ and for his sake. And when we do that, he shows himself strong and mighty. He can't show himself when we are caught up in fleshy, emotional junk. Now, at, at the end of this chapter, when it says uh, 31, because he talks about all of those other gifts. Okay, but I don't want to focus on that because that's our problem. Focusing on what gifts I have. I believe that I've been called. I believe I have the gift of, well, if you believe, then get busy. Demonstrate. <laughs> 31 says, but covet. Now, covet, here is used positively, positively. It means desire, desire. We desire earnestly the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So he, what is he saying? The best gifts are those that edify the body. And they are done in love because the best gift we can operate in is called love. And when you have the foundation love of God in you, your gift is operated in love. Yes. You're able to make sacrifices. You know, people can, won't make no sacrifices and, and come out and do, and, and, and do what they're supposed to do because there's no real love in them. You follow what I'm saying? Okay, this inconvenience, it don't stop nothing. And it's not supposed to stop anything. And I met with the man in advance to let him know. Because first of all, you didn't let us know in advance of what you were going to do so that we can rearrange things and so service is going on. Oh, well, of course, that's just because. <laughs> so that don't stop anything, okay? The fact that there's a holiday coming 
and you're going to shut down the main thing to prepare meals and to get ready to celebrate. I mean, come on, y'all. Let's, let's think. Let's think about this. The main thing, if the main thing didn't exist, you wouldn't have a mind or the physical energy to cook and do anything else to prepare for the holiday. Every day with Christ is a holiday because the fact that you woke up and you are breathing, you're in your sound mind, you have his spirit, it's a holiday. It's a day to demonstrate who your Lord and Savior is. Amen. And we need to stop buying in when I say buy-in, where we are embracing and taking into our hearts the stuff that we hear that's being promoted from media and the government and not even reflect on what is God saying. He is still the most powerful, the strongest, and the one who's ruling no matter what's going on. He is allowing some things to happen, first of all, because the church opened the door for it. And he's waiting for us to shut that door and to stand up and repent, turn and confess him so he can show himself strong on this earth. If the church had never got in bed and embraced these things, this stuff wouldn't be happening. We do not put natural things above our Lord and Savior. We have to stay high-minded. And when I say that, I mean elevate ourselves up to his way. When things, this does not negate that we're going to have some situations occur and we're going to be attacked. But when they do, you got to say, Father, reach up to the high tower, to the high habitation, and ask him to help you keep your mind on what he wants you to have it on so that you're not overcome by the things that are happening in this world because they're going to happen. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I bring them out of all of them. We don't succumb to the situation and fall in line with what the world says, how we're supposed to respond to this. This is why, you know what? We won't come to the church house, but I bet you ain't nobody suffering from malnutrition because you're going to go to the market. You're going to go to the stores. You're going to go anywhere you want to go, but it don't make any sense to go through all of this to go to church. I got to stay away. I ain't going to that church and, and, and they don't have on mask, but you're out in the public and there are many folks walking out there in the public with no mask on. See, it's so back and forth. Whose report are you going to believe? Because God's report never changed from the very beginning. He's the first cause for everything. His report has been the same from the beginning. And it will be the same at the end. So that's the only report that you can trust and, and, and depend on. We cannot tr trust anything else that we're hearing. You go to God. Help me. I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. Amen. And all of these conveniences that has come into, into, into the world that we embrace like um, heaven just fell down upon us. Those conveniences is not your life. And it is not what God intended. God intended for mankind to work. If we don't work, if there's no production in the land, that affects the economy and that affects growth. You can't sit around and collect a, a check, unemployment, stimulus and all of that and think the world is going to continue to go around. Don't you know that that's a plan? This is why he's given us this outlet that we can come into a building that we prepared and, and set aside to serve and worship God. Now, okay. And we're going to go to some scriptures to support, to support this. And when we come here together, we are built up. 
and we get to build up each other. Amen. So that when we go out there, we can withstand what we're going to face when we, when we go out there. Okay, so, okay, we're going to go to a bunch of scriptures. Let's go over to Acts 11. Acts 11 and uh, 19 through 26. But now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen travel as far as Venus and Cyprus. You know, when they, they um, 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 I think they cut off Stephen's head, didn't they? When they persecuted him for his belief. And Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto to the Jews only, to the covenant people. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, because they were in his will. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. That's the demonstration. The tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that, or I guess that another word for that would be encouraged them all, um, that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord or continue with the Lord with purpose of heart. Do you hear, hear what this word is saying? It is not how you feel. It's what have you purposed in your heart? Okay. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tyrus for to seek Paul and when he had found him, he brought him into, unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Okay, you see, they came together in church. These people were dealing with some real persecutions. We're not, okay? And, and, uh, and, and it says, and the disciples, the disciple mean that they had been taught in the things of the Lord were called Christians. We have a Christianity. That's our faith. We are not religious. And we don't study religion. Our faith is Christianity. These other things is called religion. Do you understand? So religion is not our word. It's Christianity. Amen? Okay, let's go over to Luke, Luke 7. In Luke 7, 1 through 5. Now, when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus... He sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. In other words, they were telling Jesus that the, the, the centurion was worthy of Jesus going to do this. Okay? Listen to why they said he was worthy. For he loved our nation, talking about the covenant Jews, and he had built us a synagogue, a place of worship, a church, okay? And then Jesus went with him, and when he was, was now not far of the house, the centurion sent friends to, to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shalt enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither that I thought myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant should be healed. In other words, you don't even have to show up. Just speak the word. This was an unbeliever who had more faith than the believers. Two things, he had a sense enough to know that there should be a place for the believers to worship. And he supported that. And he also had faith in the word of Jesus that all he needed to do was just say the word and it will be done. 
and it shall be done in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, if we're not operating in that kind of faith, well, I'll do that at the end. All we need to do is just repent and begin again. Okay, let's go over to 1 King 5. 1 King 5, verses 1, 1 through 5, and then we're going to do 6, 11 through, through 14. I'm making a point, and that point is we need to be in the house of the Lord to worship. Okay, uh, 1 King 5, 1 through 5. And Haram, king of Tyre, sent his servants unto Solomon, for he had heard that they had anointed him king in the room of his father. When, when David passed the mantle on to him. Um, and Solomon sent to Haram, saying, Thou knowest how that David my father could not build an house unto the name of the Lord his God for the wars which were about him on every side until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. In other words, David had the desire to build, build the house of the Lord, but because his hands were so bloody, the Lord wouldn't let him build it. Because the house of God will stand under any and every circumstances. That's why you got to be clean. <laughs> okay. But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side, so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrent. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, This thy son whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build a house unto my name. Why is it so important that there is a house built unto the name of the Lord? That's a refuge. That's a shelter. That's a hiding place. That's a high tower. And when you come into the presence where God is honored and not the man of the house, you'll feel the presence, the anointing, and the peace of God. But we need to come in with an expectation. Not just business as usual. We need to come expecting to receive all that God will present before us. Amen. Chapter 6, 11 through 14. And then the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, Concerning this house which thou art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statues and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee which I spake unto David thy father. Hallelujah, Jesus. When we do what thus says the Lord, he will do far greater. He said, I would do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask, ask or think. Above all that you can even envision, I will do exceeding abundantly above more. 13, and I will dwell among the children of Israel. Those are his covenant people and will not forsake my people Israel. Remember, they're his covenant people. We are part of that covenant. He will not forsake us. He has not forsaken us. He is just waiting. Thank God that in this time of waiting, his mercy is operating on us so that we are not destroyed in the meantime. Amen. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. And God gave them instructions on how to build the house. And you build the house where God feels he's being glorified by it. And everything has a meaning in it that he is lifted up high. We come up, not down. We follow the kingdoms of heaven, not the kingdom of earth. Amen. And when we begin to, let me tell you, by following what thus says the Lord and not doing what the majority are doing or what's popular, God keeps this house. There are some churches who are closed. They had to close. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
But when you hearken to the voice of the Lord and you obey him in spite of, in the midst of, he shows up. He says, if you confess me among men and when we take a stand, that's what we're doing. I will confess you to my father. We don't have to do what's popular and what everybody else is doing. We just need to do. He's coming back for a remnant because there's only a remnant that's going to follow and believe. Psalms 122. Thing that we do for the Lord should be done in a spirit of excellence. We need to rise up. Stop thinking you're doing stuff for the pastor. Everything that we do to affect and improve the house of God is not for a person. It's for the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to finish the, the rest of it. But that verse right there. I was glad when he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But did, you, did you come in expecting a miracle? Did you come in because you thought it was your duty to show up? Do you have a need? If you have a need, you should have walked in here expecting not thinking, well, here I am. Rise up to the occasion. Pull down from heaven. What you need. I'm telling you, there have been many times that I have come feeling bad. Could have stayed at home. But the moment I start preaching and teaching I forgot all about what was going on and got healed in the midst I remember times when somebody called me on the phone at home that's before and I was sick I was just feeling so bad but I wouldn't even let them know how bad I was feeling and I ministered to them in spite of when I hung up the phone, I was healed. I was healed from what I was feeling. Amen. No one told me that that would happen. But because most of the stuff that I have learned how God operated is from personal experience, walking blind in blind faith, not knowing, not understanding, and watching God work. Even when entering into a house that was demonic and not knowing what to do when I get in there, didn't understand it or nothing, but just blindly going in there and God going with me and doing a miraculous work right there in that demonic home where the demons stood aside and respected my presence. Do you understand? Because God had me. The only thing God told me to do before I went in there, he says, when you step up on the porch, say, peace be unto this house. That's all I knew that he told me in advance. Everything else was on the spot. I'm just like, I'm going. When the forces was pressing to push us back down those stairs, I didn't have sense enough to realize that it was demonic forces that was literally pushing us back. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Go, go. <laughs> no, it was um, somewhat another lady. Go. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. She turned around and went back down the stairs the other way. And I looked back. I said, D, you with me? She said, let's go. We pressed right through. I mean, and it wasn't like, oh, oh, we just went on up and the person who was sitting up there was shocked to see that we made it up there it was, and, and, and she got delivered it's a pressing you got to press that's why he refers to Israel as the olive in order to get the oil it's got to be pressed it's got to be pressed you can't get the oil if you don't press do you understand? You got to press through. At least you can say, if it doesn't work, I tried. 
At least you can say, I tried. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Our feet, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel. Thanks unto the name of the Lord, for there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Amen. The Lord expects his church to have a kingdom view, not a worldview. For his ways are higher than those of a natural man. We may take advantage of the conveniences of this world technically and use it for the advancement of the kingdom, but never substitute them for what God has commanded us to do. And that is to go out to tell the nations about Jesus and bring them into the body to disciple them in the understanding of who the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is. Believers are expected and must fight to hold on to what is good and what God has commanded of us, not to let the natural and carnal desires direct us from what is good and righteous. During these times, we are being directed to a thinking that is in opposition of faith and trust in our living, true, and powerful God. Christianity is being perverted and compromised. If, if, if the church doesn't exist and the power of God isn't displayed by the body of Christ, what do you think will happen to our world as we have once known it. What's going to change the world is the body of Christ. And that's when God's power would resonate to show the world. He's waiting for us or come from up under the beds and to take us to speak. I heard um, uh, a, a gentleman who owns multiple stores in other cities, not just when where he resides in, but at, when he first started talking about it, I didn't know he was a born-again believer who has taken a stand against the government, and he, he refuses to make a demand on his employees by telling them they must be vaccinated taking the stand, but he's taking them to court. So when at the end I found out he's a born-again believer, if more believers do that, and the rest of us who don't have that kind of position, but to keep them undergirded in prayer, that's what, what we do in morning glory prayer, to keep their arms lifted so that they will win. They will win, because it don't take an army that in the Old Testament when there were greater numbers that was coming against God's people and he did damage with just a small number of folks. The, the, the number he didn't want because they wasn't going in faith. <laughs> it's the faith that we have in God that caused his power to operate. Not your power, not your might, but your faith that can do damage and bring destruction. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for being, no, for allowing us enough grace to not be stupid and to reject you, that we have accepted you as our Lord and Savior. And because of that comes many, many benefits and promises that we have still to cash in on. 
Open our eyes, open our hearts to pull down your glory from heaven and to receive the many promises and benefits that you've offered to us. Help us to forgive those who offended us and not offend them in return or not walk around with the hurt in our heart constantly rehearsing and being upset and feeling sad and weak because of what they've done. But to rise up and to know that you said vengeance is yours and you will reward them. All we need to do is to stand and keep on standing and pray for them in the name of Jesus. They need to be saved. Even those who say they are saved don't act like it. They need to be saved. Help us to pray for the salvation of the lost and not be selected in how we pray. Teach us to war with good courage in you and to stand until you come back and not falter or waver until you tell us to take a different stand. We will continue to stand and fight the good fight of faith. In Jesus' name, the Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you peace during this season because you know him, not because of what you have and not because of your celebration but because you know him, may he give you peace beyond all understanding and have a blessed and safe holiday. In Jesus' name, amen.